Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Anime Ichiban Podcast, Goombastan's dedicated anime podcast. I am your host, Matthew Ponte. As always, I am joined by Kyle Rigoshon and Harry Morris. How's everyone doing today? How's Seattle treating hey. you, Kyle, besides being it's slightly awful. sick it's, and making you It's sick so freaking generally? awful. Well, I woke up this morning and it's just like completely great. Like I, so I woke up at like 5 a.m. because my sleep schedule is completely fucked and like I noticed like Oh, it's starting to get bright outside. And then it just, like, stopped at a certain point. And it's just, like, I, we're, we're in the middle of fall is what I'm trying to get at here. And it's, I need to get one of those, like, day lamps that they have. Or, like, the, the, those lamps that uh, simulate sunlight. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen those. I like, have not. I think they're called, like, light boxes. But they're meant to uh, help combat seasonal affective disorder, which... I know at this point, after living in Seattle for two years in Maine for four years, that I get affected by seasonal affective disorder. So <laughs> that is yeah, a new I'm, term I'm to gonna, me. It make, oh, yeah, it's, it totally makes sense though. If you don't see the sunlight for a while, you just get depressed. How did wait you? Okay, you you moved from California to New England as well. You've experienced like awful winters. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I not gotten affected by like the. Like twenty four seven, just no sunlight, yeah, yeah, gray weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely affected me. I just never, it never occurred to me that there was a scientific term for that. Oh yeah, so. no, it's a thing. It's it's called sad mm-hmm. seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, it's especially prominent <laughs> like during the transition transition between fall and or winter and spring, where I'm just really ready for winter to be over. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, yeah. please give me some warm weather. <laughs> Are you depressed by your weather over in the UK? I, well, I must have this all year round. I'm always <laughs> sad. I'm always miserable. So it must be a permanent thing for me. Um, but what do you plan? No, on the other hand, like we're used to terrible weather over here. So we just suck it up and get on with it. <laughs> uh, we don't complain, Kyle. We don't just whine about it. Well, like, here in America. <laughs> here it's in customary. America, we do. <laughs> you, you've got a lot of terrible stuff on your plate in America. So like you should have enough to complain about anyways. Like... You know, like, do you really need to complain about the weather? You've got yes. people just getting shot daily in the streets. Like, that's more important. Although, I guess you're used to that in the same way I'm used to bad weather over here. So <laughs> that's how it is. Um, Those have yeah, been like some shots fired at us. Damn. <laughs> I've been, I've been all good. Yeah. Um, just, just plodding along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Yeah. So I lost another sock in the laundry and I miffed about that. Ooh. First world problems. What, like, one day. <laughs> One day, I'm going to find that hammer space that singular socks just disappear off to in laundry because it's always a single sock. It's never a full pair. And then one day, you'll lose another and single your, sock and you'll have a full it pair always, again. It's always your wanking sock as well. It, exactly, which yeah, which makes it even worse. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. It, you, lose, you lose all that sentimental value. You have to build it back yeah, up again. Yeah, you have, to, you have to find another one. Mm-hmm. You have to start racking up the wank quota in that <laughs> sock. Yep. It's not as good. Exactly. But beyond that, I've been... Uh, I'm finishing up Astral Chain pretty soon. I'm like, I think I'm like on the last case. I've really enjoyed this game a lot. It's a great platinum game. It's kind of like a mixture of uh, Nier and Bayonetta in a weird way. But mm. it's definitely growing a little long in the tooth towards the end. I'm definitely ready for it to end. Uh, but I'm, I've enjoyed there's it. A lo- there's a lot of games coming out right now, but I just don't have the money to buy. Mm. Astral Chain being one of them. 
Uh, I also, I'd quite like to play Borderlands 3 mm-hmm. and I just don't have the money. Um, I think I'm going to try and get the new Zelda this Friday, uh, Link's Awakening. Right. But again, it's pricey. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm like scraping together the last bits of my birthday money at this rate. But yeah, like how have you found Astral Chain? Yeah, I I really, really liked it for the most part. It's just that the the pacing between the combat sections and the investigation sections can be a little lopsided sometimes. And for the most part, mm. the investigation sections aren't the most engaging. The, enga- the engagement comes mainly from explore- exploring and finding secrets, but that only goes for so long, especially when the main part of the investigation is not, not great because it's just, it's very simplistic gathering keywords and then answering really simplistic questions to mm. put together the case. And you end up revisiting a lot of locations often. And by it's, like the fifth time you're in Harmony Square, it's like, all right, I've seen this enough at this point. And so that's why I mean that like I've kind of, I'm ready for it to be over because it's kind of, it's kind of messed with the pacing even when the combat does come out at this point that I yeah. I just know that there's going to be more investigation afterwards. And it's, it's hard for me to get into a groove with the game now, but I've still greatly enjoyed my time with it. I'm stoked that it's getting so much attention as a brand new Platinum IP since they yeah. are notoriously go underappreciated almost all the time. So it's, I'm really Do you glad. feel like it's, do you think it's a sort of game where like in a couple of years they could do a sequel and they could really expand on it and do an incredible job? I absolutely think they can, yeah. Um, like this is a really good blueprint. Especially with the direction the story is going, I have a feeling it's going to end on a semi-cliffhanger of some sort, but it's going to be open-ended enough to where they could definitely make a sequel, I think. Ah, so I, I think there is a, definitely a blueprint here for something great. It's a great starting point. It's not a bad, it's a good game. It's just that it could have been better and I can see exactly how it can be better in the next game. Meanwhile, awesome. I'm still on three houses. <laughs> <laughs> but have you- What about see you in it? Yeah. Uh, I think at this point, so I'm still on my first run through. I'm on the Black Eagles route and I just got to the point where uh, shit starts hitting the fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so just in case that's people fun. haven't seen those E3 trailers. Yeah. Yeah. Rhea's got no fucking chill at all. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it's fun. It's just, God, it like, I, I like, I had the same problem with persona where it's like, I probably spent about as much time with like the characters and the relationship building as the actual like game. Exactly. So I mean, that, that's kind of the problem with, like, not problem, like, it's a feature, right? But I have the same dilemma, there we go, mm-hmm. uh, as with other Fire Emblem games where it's like, all right, I need to maximize, like, support on this map and mm-hmm. make sure everybody's loving each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where... And that's, that's like, my that's not the fault of the game. That's just, like, our obsessive compulsive No, no, that's, to, my, like, that, that, that's my own yeah, exactly. yeah, personal, like, mm. like that, that, that's what I get out of the game. That's what I like. But as a result, this is my first playthrough. I'm still on, like, I just finished Chapter 11, and I think I've racked up 50 hours now. Yeah, I definitely was a slower playtime as well. I remember all my friends are finishing before me. I'm just like, How? How are you like 20 hours like less than me and so much further? It's just, but I didn't feel like I was taking my time, but apparently I was. And yeah, it sounds well, like the worst do. part too. I don't understand when people play games really quickly though. Mm-hmm. Like I can't understand that. I used to when I was a little kid and I'd just sort of like run through a game as quick as possible. But like I'm the opposite now as an adult where I'll play things slowly and I'll try and do everything. I'll try and find all the quests, all the secrets and whatnot. 
Yeah, I don't get people who just... Well, on like, the one hand, I kind of get it really because fast. it's like there's so many games now that like I ha- I have yeah. a huge backlog that I want to get through. It's just I also happen to really like JRPGs mm-hmm. and games that take I, like hundreds of hours to finish. I think it's because it's like if you spend like 50 quid on a brand new game, like I don't oh, understand, just playing yeah. like really quickly to get another game. Like how much money do you have? Right, and yeah, once you get I mean, into that checklist is. mentality, that's when you start losing enjoyment of the games you're playing. When you're playing just to complete yeah. and move on to the next game, you're not. You can still be enjoying the game, but it takes it takes it out of it because you're never fully focused on the game you're playing. You're just thinking about what's the next game you're going to play after that, and that can mm-hmm. kind. Of, so I I do catch myself in that mentality every now and then. I have to reel it back, especially in times like now when there are just games coming out constantly, and you really have to. Really, well, it's like, I'm okay, no, like, let's enjoy what not, I have right now. I'm not 15 anymore. I, I have I have stuff to do. Mm-hmm. I got to do with my real life. And I guess the most ironic part of it is, you know, it, PAX was like two weeks ago, so <laughs> I couldn't play games because I was busy playing games and writing about games. But, mm-hmm. no, it's fun. PAX right. was good, too. Um, it was, uh, I already wrote about this, but it was... Uh, I, I cannot wait for the new Sukeban game absolutely give it give a quick quick sell of nirvana not nirvana of uh valhalla right here this is relevant to the podcast this is very relevant. oh yeah uh, go play yes. valhalla. so <laughs> go play valhalla uh their new game uh nirvana is coming out and uh they're great the cyberpunk waifu bartending literally the catchphrase minus the waifu part <laughs> <laughs> no it's cyberpunk bartending action is their catchphrase there's the yes part, that's yeah. what it is but yeah, yeah, highly, highly recommend it. Extremely well done, uh, character-driven story. Fantastic world building from a single screen, the entire game, essentially. It's it's very unlike anything else out there. So if you have any interest in visual novels or just kind of a strong storytelling in general, definitely give it a check, give it a look on Steam. And uh, later on, we will be discussing visual novels a little bit. Uh thoughts on the topic exactly that's for later that is a great segue though to get started on our news topics unless you guys have some any other burning things you want to share about your life no i'm yeah. all good to get started all right cool well to kick things off uh we as anime fans we like to say that we are big fans of a show we love a certain show we know everything about this show uh for me it would probably be something like fate zero for harry it'd probably be something like my hero academia for Kyle, it'd probably be something like Boku no Pico. We all have those kinds of shows. <laughs> um, <laughs> but have you ever Sorry. wanted to prove that you are the, the, capital T-H-E, number one fan for a series? Yes. <laughs> what, what series is that for you, Harry? Uh, in terms of like a franchise, it would be Sonic. Just because okay. I, I know so much useless shit about that franchise, but I should never know. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of an anime series, it'd be... Maybe My Hero Academia, but maybe One Piece, Mm -hmm. one of the two. Okay. Well, this is something that I find very cool. So basically, uh, the new Evangelion film is coming out in the nearest future. Uh, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0. And they are holding a competition for the number one Evangelion fan. And the winner of this competition will get to see this movie early. And the way they're holding this competition is that you literally write out a resume... (laughs) Of your experience <laughs> with the franchise. Literally, like, they give an example on this page. It's all written in Japanese. I don't have time to translate it. But it's written exactly like a resume with, like, date, like, month date to this date. I did this. Month date to this date. I was involved in this. I was part of this project. Here are a bunch of citations. It is 
hysterical, wow. but it is such a great uh, way, I feel like, to hold this kind of competition and to show is. off your pride for a series. I think because, like, if you're someone who's, like, a huge fan and you really, really, really want to see this, um, it must be so frustrating if it's just, like, a random kind of sweepstakes and it goes to someone who's like, oh, yeah, I watched it recently on Netflix. Someone who's, like, only just discovered it or maybe hasn't watched it all the way through, whatever, like... So I feel like whoever wins this is a very justified winner. Exactly. Because they fucking love the franchise. And it's a way to truly show your passion for that series as well, to go all out. And, yeah. like, and they attach pictures, they attach links to websites oh and so God. on and so forth. It is nuts. And like, you can like, imagine how big the Evangelion franchise, uh, fan base is and how crazy they'll go for this. So. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like for something like Evangelion, this kind of feels like it's already automatically locking out anybody under 30. <laughs> That's fair. That's not necessarily a problem, though, since it is not, specifically I mean, for, I don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but that's also a bit much just, like, so all you're getting is just to see the movie early. Right, yeah. All right. Well, I guess if you are, like, the biggest Evangelion fan, that would be something important for you. I guess it's also about, like, the reputation you'll get from it, where, like, you can say, I won this competition, I've yeah. seen... Like, if you're a huge fan, you probably have a social circle of friends who are also quite big fans, so you can rub it in their yeah. faces that you saw this movie before that. I am objectively the number one fan, <laughs> as determined by yeah. a panel of judges. It's not like... Well, I guess the judges is a, a subjective manner, but this is as objective <laughs> as a metric you're going to get as toward yeah. the rankings of fans within this fandom. So yeah, yeah. I, I think this is really adorable. And I can only imagine the people who are reading this, especially a Hideaki Anno, who is part of the judging process. Like, He's going to be extremely flattered and also terrified by some of these applications, I feel like. <laughs> I think the terrified part is the one where, the, the one that immediately jumps to mind. Mm -hmm. It's like, hmm, I, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to see some of these resumes. Right. Well, if you would like to apply to this, uh, the applications are open until no. November 17th. Uh, I don't know exactly how you apply to it, but if you are a big fan, you can figure that out yourself. Bazing. Or okay. you can, I don't know, wait a few extra months and then just see the movie when it releases. No, that's unacceptable. Too. <laughs> that's unacceptable. I wonder if they accept foreign applicants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wonder because it doesn't say uh, if it has to be in Japanese or not. Like the example it gives is in Japanese. I assume that makes it easier for the judges <laughs> to judge but it maybe might not be necessary who knows someone knows you know I don't the know. biggest evangelion <laughs> fan might have learned japanese just to watch evangelion in the original dub so they could probably write out a resume in japanese because That's they're true. the biggest evangelion fan this is true point is if it, <laughs> if you're the biggest Evangelion fan, you already know all this. So this this is a moot point. We're going to move on now because I'm just spouting. I'm talking on my ass compared to you. All right. So next on the list is a site called Mongarok. Are either of you familiar with Mongarok? Yes. Oh, I've, I've, yeah, it, yeah. I've been watching that stuff unfold. Right. And so. I, d I, don't, oh, I don't know about this, but I've heard of the site. Okay. Yeah. So, so Mongarok up until recently are technically still. Was and is one of the biggest uh, scandalation manga distribution sites on the web. It has thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of series. It's grown this reputation as the number one place to go for uh, up-to-date scandalations and free manga. And they recently announced, they, they first announced that they were going to shut down. But now they've announced that they're actually rebranding as MR Comics. And they are switching from this piracy-driven site to an official distributor and licensor of manga series. And that is 
has a lot of people in a mixed response. Obviously, it's very good to give recognition to the manga creators, to have people, uh, to have this source of official licensed products that you can support the artists with. But then there's, of course, the, all the other people. It's like, my manga, it's being taken away. It's like, no, it's not being taken away. We're just trying to support people who deserve to be supported. And so yeah. basically the developer of the app and, this, uh, and the website, Not A Basement Studio, they're a Vietnamese developer. And they started Manga Rock about six years ago. And they were unaware of how their actions were truly hurting the manga industry in Japan. And so they were basically coerced into going official like this. But um, after learning about how much damage they were doing and um, getting to know more people in the industry. So they are taking the step to kind of become that large uh, distribution platform. And that's, it's ironically similar to what happened with Faku, which Faku was the number one hentai distributor, is still the number one hentai distributor in Arrowgay. And everyone knows sex sells, but they eventually went uh, official as well and they are still doing very well despite having gone official so I think yeah. this is a very good first step because the problem is that people what we've talked about multiple times especially when it comes to Netflix is if you give people the opportunity to support the things they love they will most likely do it mm. but the problem is that for a lot of these series these lesser known series there's not that option and so piracy is the only option and so if manga rock now mr comics can provide that source for people to have these lesser known comics that aren't the big big name ones that like crunchyroll comics already has or something like that because they typically cover all the big shonens then you'll see more people willing to support those creators I've, I've said this before yeah like, i'm always happy to like pay for subscriptions i've got a netflix subscription i've got a crunchyroll subscription um, I'm happy to pay for stuff. I still buy physical CDs when I can. But the issue is that like some stuff's just too expensive. Mm-hmm. I th- I think people will pay the money, but it needs to be affordable and it needs to be accessible. And I think you've got massive businesses that are completely like, they don't understand consumers and they don't understand that money's really hard to come by. Right. From the perspective of like a fucking millionaire, billionaire CEO of a company or whatever, it's different. But it's like, yeah, most people struggle. Like for most people... A seven pound like membership a month that is something to factor into your earnings that's not something you can just like just do it is something you actually have to think about um I've, I've said it so many times before but it's like the one piece issue where i have to watch one piece illegally but it's because the only legal way i can get it is to buy dvds but each dvd is like 20 pounds and you get about 26 episodes on the dvd and it's like there's over 900 episodes now so if mm-hmm. i was to get every single dvd Firstly, they're not caught up, but secondly, I'd be paying like hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Like I can't. I mean, the afford thing that. that's happening, the thing that's happening with manga now, is more or less what happened to anime, like roughly ten years ago or so. Um, and I don't know why it's taken manga so long to catch up, because it was the same issue where for a long while, uh, getting fan subs and uh, scanlations were really the only way to consume Japanese media because there wasn't really a good Western distributor, then came along Crunchyroll, uh, who has, like, you know, a lot of the main series, and then Funimation has their own stuff now. So if you want to find, like, a series that you're interested in, it chances are it's pretty easy to get access to it at a fairly low cost. So 
it's taken so long for something like this. Uh, Viz and Shonen, uh, I think they're actually the same company. Uh, Shonen Jump has like their official app now where you can, you know, like pay two bucks a month and you get to read like everything in their archives, like Dragon Ball, One Punch Man, Black Clover, all of the big series um, that is under the Shonen Jump umbrella. So hopefully this change over i i'm I'm still a little wary uh just because i know a lot of people who work <clears throat> in the localization industry they're still very wary of how manga rock or mr comics is going to move forward with this right but if this is like an actual commitment to support the artists and create a like both a consumer and artist friendly platform that is objectively a good step forward um it's just really in a manner of uh, execution. Exactly, because this is very, very new. I think this was announced only about two weeks ago or something like that. And so it will absolutely come down to how they execute, what their library is, because the, the thing with anime is that there is a reasonable amount of it. When it comes to manga, there is like, for la <laughs> functionally infinite manga out there to translate and... Um, distribute and getting licenses for all of those getting a license for a single manga is hard enough but getting licenses mm. for all of those especially for the volume of the catalog manga rock hat it, it seems completely and utterly infeasible yet if they want this platform to be successful they need to at least approach that level that that same volume or else mm -hmm. again we're just going to fall into the same trap of the current distributors of Crunchyroll, shonen viz only publishing the biggest biggest series because it was most popular but then all the lesser known ones, the up and coming ones kind of get thrown under the rug and people are still resorting to scanlations and piracy in order to consume those. So like mm -hmm. what you said is absolutely correct, Kyle. It's how well they can pull this off. The fact that they are coming from this super incredibly large uh, library makes me hopeful. However, we don't know what their business acumen is. We don't know what their experience with all of this is because they were just like, an unofficial thing to start off with. Uh, that, 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 yeah, that's like the point I wanted to bring up is they're coming from this perspective of this platform that's using scanlations and relying on piracy and fan-driven fan piracy to create their platform. So I really don't know how well that's going to transition into an official business model i'm mm -hmm. extremely skeptical right i want it to work out but there's like a lot of exactly. signs pointing otherwise exactly i i really 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 hope that it works out but only time will tell i i would they say that they will keep the current manga rock archives open for the some time they don't give a time frame the the site is taken down for now but in terms of if you have the app still you can't download the app anymore but if you have the app still that will still run for quote unquote some time so you can archive whatever you have. Then they will be shutting it down and focusing entirely on this MR Comics endeavor. So maybe in the next couple months or a few months, we'll see exactly how that will shape out. But for now, we just have to be uh, tentatively cautious, unfortunately. And you can be tentatively cautious while having some alcoholic drinks with a virtual YouTuber. Excuse me? You That's an interesting me. segue. Yes, <laughs> indeed. So our next our next news topic is that uh, Tokyo Bar is having a special segment where instead of being served, but well, you would get served by a physical person the drinks, but 
Like, you know how in anime you see people go to a bar and it's just them and like the bartender and they just kind of like, well, Valhalla basically, bartending like that, where you're talking to the master and things like that. Uh, replace that real person master with a virtual YouTuber and that's what you get at this uh, snack judo is what the bar is called. <laughs> Which YouTuber? So it doesn't say exactly. So this is uh, a special event that's operating through November 23rd and they will alternate on a schedule between various YouTubers. They don't give exactly which ones but they will be on two hour blocks and this is the actual youtuber like putting in their time to interact with the customers through their oh. virtual youtuber it's not just like a program or anything like that like they are the people themselves which is what makes it kind of neat but still it's That's it's so hilarious so you, what if you what have you turned up on like a block where it was just a complete prick as a youtuber what? like a really terrible one well that you you rolled the dice and you lost in that case. You So they're going to have both the voice actress and the whoever's mocapping it? Yeah, in real time. Oh my god. Yeah, which is I don't I don't know how much this is going to cost, but either way the video they have here is hysterical because it shows the customer giving a konpai with a computer screen essentially. <laughs> but I I feel like this is brilliant. The fact when I first saw this, I thought it was like there's no way this is sustainable. But then I saw that it's I mean, a limited it's time event. I'm like, okay, okay. This, yeah, 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 this yeah. is brilliant because that's going to really rake in all the people. They want to have this experience before it goes away. And you know it's going to get a lot, a lot, a lot of attention because it's just such a, as hilarious as it is, it is definitely a novel experience to have a virtual YouTuber be your bartender for an evening. Especially also because in most contexts, you would never be able to interact with these virtual YouTubers on a personal basis. And so this mm. is your opportunity to do so. Well, yeah, I guess like if they're actually talking, it is like a legitimate interaction. Mm -hmm. That's surreal, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, you recently went to a maid cafe when you were in Japan. Would you, oh. by the sounds of this, would you have rather, would you have kept your maid cafe experience or would you have rather had a konpai with a virtual YouTuber? Oh no! I I would rather get drunk with Kizuna Eye. <laughs> like, yeah, they, that is a no-brainer. I right was there. looking for Kizuna Eye through this whole article. There's no mention of her, but I would Ugh. I would think maybe maybe she's too big to get. But yeah, they don't mention Kizuna Eye. They don't give specific VTubers. But if I I totally agree. Like, if I were to have drinks with Kizuna Eye, that'd be pretty awesome. Silence. We had a nice so, little block of silence there. I was taking a sip of water. I'm just. I'm just thinking about it. Sip of cum. <laughs> Take a, a sip of your glass of cum, as you always do. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> Stay hydrated, kids. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it's I, good to know that Japan's putting their technology to the best possible use. Exactly. The most forward-thinking, incredible technological advances. Just like, just like how they were the forerunners in the panty vending machine. Like, we need to follow in their footsteps. Fantastic. Oh, I love it. See, it's, see, like, they, they, they focus on, like, innovating and then having fun with it later. Exactly. Yeah, right? yeah. It's, it's not like they're like, oh, let's figure out how we can get panties to the masses. <laughs> no, they were like, hey, let's have, like, really convenient vending machines. And then, oh, yeah, of course some pervert's going to want, like, want to put porn in there or use panties in there. Kyle, can you, can you make a rap album called Panties to the Masses? Oh. I think that'd be that good. That is my idea now. That would be lit fire, as the kids say. <laughs> You'd get we'll mad clap. Lit AF. Fire. Lit AF, your new album. Yeah, I'd buy it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anyways, the other thing, another thing that's also lit AF still is Weathering With You. Just a quick update on that. 
is that it's been in theaters. What? How long has it been out? It's been out for some weeks. I can't remember. I read it at some point, but I don't remember. But the point is, it's however long it's been out, it's finally been knocked out of the number one spot. Oh my God. It's finally number two after having raked in uh, the the equivalent of $15.22 million, which is. 1,643,809,400 yen. Yes. And which is, it sold 28.6% more in its first three days compared to your name. It's the number, it's the seventh highest grossing domestic film in Japan of all time. Highest grossing film in Japan this year. It's still doing real good is the point. But (laughs) the funny thing is, so it got knocked out of the number one spot. Uh, Care to take a guess of what is in the number one spot now? It is a new premiere. What? Not Primari, no. What else? What else premiered? I will give you a hint. That is is a live action adaptation of an anime. Oh god! Is it? Uh, is it a Dragon Quest movie you mentioned last episode? It is not the Dragon Quest. <laughs> movie. I know it's not an anime, but I was wondering if if that. Okay, it's not that. Um, what? I, I, what? What is it? It is the Kaguya-sama Love is War live There's action a ca- movie. Are you kidding me? That's what it knocked pre- it out? It premiered at number one this past weekend, uh, selling 360,000 tickets across 291 theaters. It has made That's 460 ridiculous. million yen or $4.28 million in its opening weekend. Okay. Okay. So like as a benchmark, I guess, like is are, are live action movies normally that popular? Because that sounds a little much um to give you an idea the new one piece movie which one piece is critical nuclear mass popular right it it premiered last weekend or uh it premiered four weeks ago and it premiered at the number three slot and so this 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 movie was more popular than the one piece movie in its premiere that's (laughs) mental that's weird like yeah, that's strange. <laughs> I also never got the impression that Kaguya-sama was, like, that popular. I mean, I know it's a popular series, but, like, that's a lot of people that went out to go and watch right. not only Kaguya, but a live-action adaptation of it. Right. It is not what I expected either. Granted, when I stopped and think, thought about it, live-action of Kaguya, prob- it makes a lot of sense compared to a lot of other live-action adaptations, I feel like. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just... It's normal people. Mm-hmm. Quote unquote normal. That, well, yeah. But <laughs> I I think the comedy for it translate mm, would translate well to live action and then that's I guess. Can, I mean I was thinking about like I, I guess like another like live action over the top uh adaptation would have been something like Cromarty, which mm-hmm. I I watched like a bit of that, the live action, and I was surprised at like, oh okay, like it still retains the spirit of the original and it's like decently funny. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe live action Kaguya is like actually pretty good. And I'm just like throwing shade at it for no reason other than that. It's a live action adaptation. And we've also established on multiple occasions just how different Japan's tastes are from the Westerners taste. So that's entirely Mm -hmm. a possibility as well as evidenced by this week's batch of uh, theater adaptations. Oh, my God. I always got to go over these. I've got (laughs) three for you all today all right um 
one guess each, as per usual, although you'll never guess them, as per usual. No, I'm, I'm not good at a more underrated stuff, so like, um, <laughs> I, my guesses will be wasted. These, these, you, these, aren't, these aren't underrated, actually. These are fairly oh, popular not. series. I'm going to give my guess to Kyle. Okay. Kyle, you can have are two they, guesses. Are they shonens? Uh, no. Okay. I, I described one of them as seinen, not shonen. So... Shield hero? Nope. That'd be cool, though. Okay. Uh, I feel like that's just a matter of time. Fruits basket. Oh, God, please. I want that to exist, but no. Uh, I don't know. Well, that was two guesses. So, All right, go. The go. first one they? is Sarazanbai, which aired... The Kappa the, anime? The Kappa anime, indeed. The, okay. <laughs> yep. It, only, it just aired two seasons ago, and it's already getting yeah, a stage that- play. And it's a very bizarre show at that, which I haven't watched. I've heard very good things about it. Uh, One of the guys on the site, Brent, he wrote an article about it. He was very, very Mm -hmm. passionate about it. So, yeah, it definitely has a follow. I never expected a stage play of it, though. The second one is Lord El Malloy, the second case files, which is the current Fate's Day night show airing right now. Real right now. I, uh, this is reality. Indeed. Are, are, okay, all right, all right. So for reference, have other Fate series gotten stage adaptations? I do not know. I imagine they have. I can't. All right. Uh, uh, it, um, actually, I'm not sure because Lord Elmole is less, there's less emphasis, emphasis on action. So that's pr- probably would be easier to adapt into a stage play. Right. Where there's, as you know, right now, the other Fate series are very much action heavy. So those would be much yeah. harder. Yeah. Mm. Um, that it, it this definitely lends itself better to a stage play because of the whole investigation aspects. It's very convoluted still. It's still not what I'd guess though. Uh, the third the third one makes the most sense. So have you heard of have either of you heard about the Sakura Wars series Sakura Tyson? Yes. Yes. Uh, Did, I've just heard of it. Are you aware of the new game announcement? Uh, Sakura uh, Sakura Wars Project Sakura Wars. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, made with art done by our good old Titi Kubo, the artist of Bleach, and it's very obvious. And so at Tokyo Game Show recently, it was announced that it was getting an anime adaptation, which is very cool. I was going to cover that a little bit as well. It looks very slick. It's a CG anime, but it doesn't look bad. It might be a Land of the Lustrous uh, instance. But not only that, but it's also getting a stage play, which is very, very appropriate considering the whole premise of the games is that you are part of the Tokyo Imperial Review, and you are basically a stage crew or a stage troupe that puts on all these stage plays during the day. And at night, you're in our mecha steam robots fighting the forces of evil. Oh, so that's what that game's about. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I've just seen the name. I know it's getting a game and I saw that there were waifus in it. So I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll give this a shot. I like the art style for the, that they use for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's very colorful and like. It's like a slight bit of cell shading to it. So I was like, oh, okay, it pops. Right. But uh, that's apparently what it's about. Exactly. So it's it's very appropriate. I think that's actually going to be a fun one to watch because there are a lot of musical numbers in the games that will translate one-to-one oh to this. Um, it's interesting in that the games, the anime, and the stage play will all have different rival troops in them. So base, uh, the game will have a rival troop designed by the artist from uh, Girls and Panzer. Uh, the anime will have a rival group designed by the artist of, I forget who. And then the stage play will have a different uh, troupe, obviously not designed by anyone because it's real people. 
But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like it. Uh, did you give a little background too? There's only been one Soccer Wars game that's come out in the West. It was Soccer Wars So Long My Love. It was on the PS2 and Wii. Ironically, it was because it was the only Soccer Wars that took place outside Japan. It took place in like this bastardization of New York City. It was hilarious though. <laughs> and I played it and it, it's fun. I, I definitely wish there was more actual RPG battles in it because there's like seven missions and it's done. It was definitely more dating simmy than a RPG. But yeah, I'm really glad that it's being revived after all this time. I'm glad it looks really cool. I'm 100% into it. I would like to see the stage play. I think that'd be neat. And finally, I want Ooh. to talk about... Are you hungry, Kyle? Are you hungry? Please no. Please no. Are you, are you hungry from some chicken no. nugs? Please some fried no. chicken? Please no. Fried chicken? They don't even sell chicken nuggets. Do they not? I'm confused what's going on. Oh, no, I know what you're (laughs) We are getting into our (laughs) beloved visual novel announcement. Where'd it go? Did I close the tab? No, here it is. (laughs) Colonel Sanders in Real Snack in Finger Licking. Wait, no, that's not the name. I love you, Colonel Sanders. A Finger Licking Good Dating Simulator is coming to Mm. your computer on September 24th. Yeah. And so for those of you pure peer listeners that are unaware of what's going yeah. on <laughs> colonel sanders is the mascot of american <laughs> fried chicken chain kentucky fried chicken and it's technically not kentucky fried chicken anymore it's not it's only kfc interesting like they, they can't call i forget what I happened but they like it's not listed as kentucky fried chicken like anywhere anymore it's just the acronym Interesting. A little I, bit of chicken trivia there. All right. Well, we know more about KFC and its beloved mascot. And Japan has, from my tangential knowledge, they have a weird fascination with Colonel Sanders. Uh, it, he makes appearances, he makes cameos in anime more often than you'd realize. He has a very prominent appearance in Higurashi, Inaku Koroni, very randomly. To be, to be fair, Ronald McDonald was really big in Japan, wasn't he, as well? <laughs> yeah, that, that was, have, like, that was, that was a big a thing, thing for fast food mascots ago. in general. Mm-hmm. Like, but now you can re- you can live your sexy dreams with Colonel Sanders in this dating sim that has nine lovable characters, including the Colonel himself. You are taking control of a culinary student trying to achieve their cooking dreams, and you date your classmates along the way. The crazy thing is that this is an official product from KFC. <laughs> It's it's here's not a, it's not fan made. This is an official product. Here's the thing with KFC. They've obviously decided over the past like year or two to start doing really elaborate marketing stunts. But what I fucking hate is that they work and people validate them by actually like uh, liking buying them, into it. Yeah, buying them. Uh, yeah. So, so like there was a, a dance music festival in America, and they had Colonel Sanders booked as one of the acts. And you had someone come out to DJ dressed as Colonel Sanders and they were playing just like the kind of generic kind of house music that goes with those festivals. Um, but it was all from the perspective of Colonel Sanders. But what depressed me is that there was a crowd for it. That's what annoyed me. Like they could have gone and seen actual artists, but the people there wanted to stay and watch this fucking advertisement. This right. Fucking yeah. Gimmick so that's, from a company. That, that's like the same issue that I have with this and like what pissed me off about it. And what pisses me off about the conversation surrounding it is like, this is what people see visual novels as. Mm -hmm. And I fucking hate it because there are 
many, many, many good VNs out there that are like nothing like this. And it's just clearly such a marketing grab at like, hey, we know like this is big with internet culture. We can capitalize on it. Fuck off. Like there are way better games that deserve your time than this, which will unfortunately get, and, and the, like game journalists like picked up on this because of course it's going to be great for headlines, but it just doesn't deserve it at all. It's also free. It will be free. So that's removed that barrier to entry entirely. Yeah. Well, yep. I, it, like that, that, that's part of their marketing play. They yep. want as many people to play it because they want the brand name out as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And well, I've, so, I've seen people online I've seen adverts come up on Facebook for it and there's people in the comments like oh my god looks so funny oh my god I'll have to play it oh my god are we going to stream this and it's just like the fact that you're being exploited like this company is basically saying hey can I exploit you and you're just saying yes please please my attention and my time and my effort isn't worth anything please feed well, me crap please feed me literal shit in the I form mean, of the most benign entertainment and I will gobble it up and I will then go to KFC <laughs> and buy your shitty fucking products because I will allow you to manipulate me. I will openly allow you to exploit me because I'm a fucking idiot. And, yes. and yeah, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, along with that, like what, what kind of like depresses me about it too is this trend of gimmicky, ironic visual novels. So stuff like this, Hottiful Boyfriend and Dream Daddy, it's like, fuck off. Like, like the, so visual novels are in a very yeah. interesting place with the Western market. And really quickly, to play devil's avocado on this, the game isn't right. out yet. And so it could actually be very clever, could have very good humor in it. We don't know. But yeah, we are judging just by what we've seen. But maybe what we need to fix this is we need someone to make a really, really controversial visual novel, like a pedophile visual novel. To, to like completely stop people taking an interest in this genre and then this kind of mainstream. Oh, that has not stopped anybody by uh, any stretch of the yeah, imagination. So, exactly. So Anyways. What, what I was about to say, so uh, visual novels in the West, it's been this very interesting spot because whenever it's not a popular genre by any means, for sure. However, when something comes up like this and it makes headlines, it shows how the general populace is aware of what the visual novel genre is. They are aware of its existence. However, people don't fully understand what a visual novel is. And they don't understand mm. the experiences that they can give beyond that they are, for the most part, storytelling experiences. But the fact that even though they are only storytelling, they can be games of themselves. And so, therefore, you have, you have games that will have some sort of hook that the general populace can latch onto and associate with very easily. That, or you have the argument of you need to attach some sort of extra element to your visual novel so it's not just a visual novel. There are multiple times where you can see someone say it's like, it's a visual novel, but it has this gameplay aspect to it. Or it's a game, but it has visual <laughs> I, novel I think that's just a it. problem of yeah. how like people talk about visual novels and the like misconceptions of what visual novels can be. Mm. Like Valhalla is a good example. And this came up in uh, the conversation that I had with the writer and programmer behind Valhalla. But like, it's, it is a visual novel. Yes, it's you know, dialogue-focused. It's character-centered. But there are gameplay elements. It's not just you clicking through dialogue boxes. You make drinks for your patrons, and the story shifts depending on how you bartend. And the gameplay is a functional part of the visual novel experience. Mm-hmm. 
So, like, all of this talk about, oh, it's a visual novel, but is just a result of people in the West only seeing visual novels as, like, dating sims where you, like, read about cute anime girls. And on the surface, sure, that might be what you see. And there are, to be fair, a lot of visual novels like that. I'm not denying that. All dating sims are visual novels, yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes, but uh, th- there's just a lot more to the genre than this image that people have created for it. Exactly. And so when you have something like this, it matches the image of visual novels that people have in their heads, but it gives them something fun to work with, something dumb, and so they can check it out of curiosity. And But that, like you guys have been saying, has perpetuates the current uh, ideology of what a visual novel is and is always will be. And it doesn't encourage them to step out and try what the visual novel genre actually has to offer, the quality that they can actually bring to your game experience. And that is, it's it's such a interesting, interestingly bad place for the genre to be in because <laughs> it is, it's a crying shame how undeserved it is and the stigma that visual novel, novels have with it because so many people think that they are just dating sims. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think it's frustrating when any like genre gets really saturated with like shit quality. Um, and it happens with so much stuff. Uh, I think it's happened with like a lot of hip hop music and rap music today where you've got so much fucking garbage that like that's just become saturated. And I guess it's the same with visual novels, but I like to think that everything comes around and eventually like this sort of, commercial hype for visual novels will disappear and it will end up going back kind of to its corner of the gaming community that really celebrates and appreciates mm. it and isn't just hopping on fucking commercial bandwagons right. for the sick memes bro i mean so. again like at the very least like th- this is just like me ranting about it but this th- the existence of this game doesn't change the fact that there are people making good visual novels out mm-hmm. there. Mm. Um, so it doesn't take away from that. It doesn't prevent other people from making good games. It's just disappointing that this will color a lot of people's perceptions of the genre. And it probably, in many cases, like keep them from playing them. Yeah. Something else that I was just thinking of as well is, uh, it's not, this isn't a problem that's just in the, in the West or outside of Japan. Like they have... Th- Visual novel developers have the exact same problem within their own country as well. And that there's one company in particular, Midori, who is one of my favorite, probably my second favorite visual novel developer, the close second to Key. They recently shut down because they felt like they were being restricted in their creative abilities because it is insanely difficult for, in Japan to make a successful visual novel that does mm. not have any sort of sex in it any sort of arrow gay elements to it they they created a game called supipara that i adored it was incredible it tanked it bombed it did really really horribly to the point where if more games were to be made manga gamer created a fundraiser that was like all games that bought in our catalog from minori uh will go towards this fundraiser to help directly fund future installments of this series their future games after that um, things like so Trinoline and uh, I forget the name of the other one. They were still good. They weren't as good as Supipara, but they had lots and lots of sex in them. Sold exponentially better. And so 
there's that problem in Japan. And then that translates to literally a problem when you're bringing it over to the U.S. as well. And that all these visual novels that have legitimately good stories in them a lot of times, but are saddled with sex. And so people latch onto that sex Maybe. part and they think this is just a sex game for perverts. And Maybe the, the KFC game would have lots of sex and perversion. I, I mean, that, that's I what hope. they're selling it on, though. That's They're selling it on the, like... Just, I want to see Colonel Sanders spread his asshole wide and insert a whole fist in it. You, people um, are going to draw that. Chapter. Like People <laughs> are going to want that, which is like... The infuriating part mm. is it's playing directly into these problems that are endemic even to the industry and the genre in its home country, like you said. So it's, I mean, at the very least, like we can thankfully rely on indie developers to produce good <laughs> visual <laughs> novels. It's just disappointing that, you know, visual novels as a genre had been established before and you see developers, um, like the ones you were talking about, just not like having any footing in this new environment. Right. I guess welcome to any industry where like the highest quality shit is never the stuff that's on the surface. Like take mm. any genre of music, take any genre of video game, take like anything. Well, not anything, but a lot of things you're probably going to find, but like the most popular things in that, in that uh, category yeah. or industry are like pretty low quality. Like, look at McDonald's. Like, McDonald's food is objectively fucking garbage. That is just terrible. And, like, there's bound to be and other, like, fast food places that are, like, objectively better. But I, they're not as popular in, as McDonald's. Not necessarily in defense, but I get it. It's accessible. They know what sells. So they're, they're doing the smart thing. I'm just disappointed as somebody who enjoys visual novels. Yeah, because I, yeah. I don't know how the genre can get out of the situation it's in right now. It would, it would take a massive concerted effort from numerous developers to break this trend and for it to be all of them to be widely successful, wildly beyond our wildest dreams to really I mean, break one of the, the cool things perception we have right now. One of the cool things that I actually did see at PAX was how a lot of people were using the visual novel format, but introducing, um, more involved gameplay into the narrative like there's uh the game coming out by the uh, developers of fury uh called haven which is this game about a relationship between uh two people that are stranded on an alien planet and they describe it as like a relationship visual novel but it has like very robust mechanics um it's got combat in it it's got like like free form parkour gliding but at its heart like it's still character driven and still has like a lot of dialogue boxes so i think really it just needs to and to be honest like for the past decade or so visual novels kind of did stagnate in terms of how they incorporated mechanics like one of my favorite visual novels steinsgate didn't really have much gameplay Mm -hmm. um it just had a really strong story uh which i loved uh and a lot of people did but i there is definitely plenty of room to grow right at the same time i don't want it to be ha be a necessity for visual novels to have a gameplay element because i don't think it should be a necessity when mm. you just want to tell a very good story and you think that trying to shove any sort of gameplay elements would detract from that and for example, like the most some of the most popular visual novels of all time, like Clan Ad 
little busters, like all of Key's library, basically. There's no real way to incorporate gameplay elements into those, but they're still beloved nonetheless because of their story. And so I don't want visual novels to lose that part of their identity either. So it's this, <laughs> it's this balancing act. It, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it is a weird crossroads. Mm. Because it's absolutely, like you said, want, people will be able to be more willing to try it when it's not just a visual novel on its own. Because visual novels are still expensive. They still cost a lot of money, <laughs> sometimes up to full price. And a lot of people have trouble justifying paying that money for what all you're doing is clicking a text box. Mm-hmm. And... It's unfortunate, but that's the truth of it. So they are more willing to do that when there is something more than just clicking a text box. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think that's about it. All we have to say about Colonel Sanders and his uh, sexy nipples. Unless you guys have any other closing remarks. I think I'm all good on that one. I think I'm okay. okay. Uh, More controversy in the anime world is over at Funimation, where a couple of weeks ago there was a leaked set of audio tapes from the voice the English voice actors for Dragon Ball Z and they were warm up audio of the actors making various homophobic slurs, rape jokes, uh, acting out pornographic scenes while still in character. And these tapes were obtained by one lawyer named Nick Recchietta and he says they were obtained 100% legally and distributed in a journalistic capacity whatever that means. And so Mm. obviously people are up in arms about this. Uh, Funimation was at the top of Twitter for a while, which that is almost never a good thing. (laughs) And it's, there has been no updates on the story since it came out a couple of weeks ago. There's been no comments on Funimation, no confirmation that these are true. It seems like the only bit of information we have is that these tapes are old, that they were recorded about three or so weeks ago and that the, uh, the actress had already apologized to them in an unofficial manner because they were never made public or anything like that. But there's still no official word on this. So it's still difficult to make any sort of judgments or uh, talk about it. The one thing I will say, though, because this is coming hot off the heels of the whole uh, Vic Mignona incident, who was also associated with uh, Funimation, he was convicted for sexual harassment and misconduct in the- Was he actually convicted? I thought he was just charged. Or yeah, charged, sorry. But Funimation okay, cut like, ties. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, not convicted, charged. Yeah, Thank yeah. you, Kyle. Uh, so <laughs> that that's adding fuel to the fire. And so I, right. I yep. feel like Funimation's silence on the matter is working against them in this case. Even it's just, I haven't checked recently if it's still embroiled right now because it has been a while and may have had a chance to cool off. But yeah, people really I'm, want to hear something at this point. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure what the current situation is. I also don't know. Obviously, I don't know the actors in person. I don't know the context of of certain comments. What I do want to say is that I think clumping together comments, however offensive they may be to some, clumping together comments made consensually amongst a group of friends with somebody who has potentially sexually harassed others. I think they're very different things, mm-hmm. if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I, I think one is far more serious than the other, being Vic, is it, is it Vic Mesner? Is uh, Vic Mignona. Vic Mignona. I don't know why I said Mesner. It's just an easier <laughs> way to say it, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. But like, um, again, I don't know if he's guilty or not. I don't know the full extent of what he did, but if he had made comments to others or if he had touched others inappropriately and he has sexually harassed others, that to me is a clear fucking issue and I won't defend that for a second. 
because that's clearly overstepping boundaries and that's clearly wrong. I think making comments in the context of friends, however offensive some people might find them, however um, slur-heavy those comments may have been, I'm I'm trying to play devil's advocate and not sound like a bigoted prick. I'll never know what it's like to to be gay or to to be black or to be... uh, to be in a non-privileged position, to, to be a non-straight uh, white male. I'd never know what it's feel like to, to be someone different and to hear voice actors you potentially really admire saying things that are very hurtful towards you. It must feel horrible. It must feel awful. And I can never understand that. Me playing devil's advocate is going to be, I think there are a lot of people who make jokes in the, in the context of certain friendship groups um, without holding any kind of ill will towards communities, if this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, so, so like, I don't, I don't think saying a certain slur or saying a certain word in the context of a joke equates to legitimate racism or homophobia or sexism. And I also think this is probably, from what I would expect, this is a group of friends at work who are fucking about because they're bored one day, they're making some stupid comments, they're making some stupid jokes, that doesn't personally it doesn't bother me too much but at the same time i'm not somebody for example i'm not gay and i'm not going to be offended by um goku's voice actor saying what he said where mm-hmm. he used the f word like like so. i think there's a difference between something like this and a, a recording of somebody that like shows their intent or how they like truly feel about a certain like group of people um I wish I could think of a less politically charged example than Donald Trump, but the Donald Trump recordings that got leaked, uh, those very clearly show him like how like he behaves behind closed doors and what his views are. But with these recordings specifically, it's very clearly the context of, like you said, them just joking around. I don't, think for a second that any of them harbor any of those like actual views Mm. and clearly like i don't i mean i doubt there i'm open to being proven wrong but i doubt that these were like recorded with their knowledge yeah or distributed with their knowledge all we say is like they were retained 100 legally but we don't know we have no idea what there's probably some legal bullshit that they can like i'm I'm ready to eat my hat on that and say that like they they recorded this knowing full well that it could be broadcast or distributed somewhere but i am like giving them the benefit of the doubt until proven otherwise that this was not something that they ever had the knowledge or intent of having other people hear right and mm. to play devil's devil's advocate because that's all we can <laughs> really can do in the situation right, without the right. facts but uh these are professionals in their professional workspace and Mm -hmm. presumably like in the recording studio where you should absolutely have your game face on and there are expectations and I don't know exactly what the environment of a recording studio is, but there may be more people around in that area that you don't have full familiarity with and would take offense to those kinds of comments. Mm -hmm. Like if those, some of the comments made on there were pretty, Joking aside, they were pretty severe. And so mm. it's that there are some things that you should still the, the err that, away from saying, that, even in joking manner. The one that got into a lot of trouble, because um, I think the rest are more just like sexual jokes mm-hmm. that, that were potentially a little bit edgy. Right. The one that obviously got a lot of backlash, understandably, was Goku's voice actor right. saying the F word. Right. Um, 
again, like I, I think the Donald Trump example that Kyle made is really good because mm-hmm. there's a difference in what Donald Trump was saying. There wasn't a joke. He wasn't making a joke in those recordings. He was saying how he views women, which mm-hmm. is extremely misogynistic. And I take that to be misogynistic and it fucking pissed me off. And then people voted him in as a president. So uh, fuck well, those people. <laughs> mm. That offends me more than voice actors making right. jokes. Mm. Like it offends me more that there's a president right now running one of the most powerful countries in the world who is a known rapist. To be to be blunt, like that offends me far more than a voice actor in an anime studio making a joke that was potentially a little bit edgy. I I, I don't know. I think there's, there's bigger mm. issues that really fucking piss me off in the world. But focusing on this, like, I understand why this would offend people. And, I mean, and it, like, comes I down to, like, it comes down to the issue of whether or not you believe in, like, just blanket censorship. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. but, but either I, in public or behind closed doors. Right, that's true. Yeah. I, I also get that, like, I'm I'm coming at this from a very privileged position. I don't know how horrible I must feel. Yeah, all three of to, us are, to, yeah. Yeah, to, I mean, to be yeah, gay, they, to, they, to hear those yeah. comments. So, so I do understand that I might sound extremely um, entitled and just like a complete <laughs> prick here. So I, I do want to just throw that out. I'm not totally unself-aware on this. But I think, like, also, the context behind that joke would more so be what's the most inappropriate and fucking ludicrous thing that Goku could say right now and is to make a joke like that. The, the, the context isn't how do I say something that's extremely hurtful towards gay people? How do I say something that's really going to hurt gay people because I'm homophobic? That's not the context. The context is, Goku, what's the fucking stupidest, weirdest, most inappropriate, most shocking thing he could say right now, especially towards his son, and that's that he would probably from. never say. If, that's that's he like would where ne- the he humor would never normally say. It's the last thing you'd ever say, hence the humor. Outside of that, if Goku's voice actor could have been a big supporter of gay marriage, he could have gay friends, and he, and he act, 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 absolutely hates homophobia. And he might be the sort of guy who will always challenge homophobia whenever he sees it publicly. So again, it, it boils down so, to like whether or not you believe it's okay for people to find that funny behind closed doors. Mm. And that's something that films, everyone's yeah. never going to agree on for sure. So, well, yes, yeah. unfortunately, there's like there there is no right answer. Yeah, I think it's, like it's a sticky uh, wicket. <laughs> yeah, and for anyone who might be like offended, but we're sort of semi defending these people. I just obviously want to specify. I fucking hate discrimination, and I know you guys feel the same. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a big believer. Like, whoever you want to be in love with, uh, whatever your gender identity, whatever your race, uh, be yourself and just do, do you do you. Like, I've got no issue with anyone. Um, mm. But I, I think it's important to not get offended about everything, and to also think about like the context of certain comments. And mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. that's my. It take is on. just it is just <laughs> an unfortunate situation for everybody that this touches. So. Right. Yeah. That Twitter and social media exacerbated as it does. Uh, <laughs> that oh is a debate for social media another is day. Awful. <laughs> Anyways, so, yeah, that's that's all we can really say on this matter right now until further information comes to light. So that brings us to our premiere segment, main event, main ticketed event of this episode, and so. There was a little-known series called The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya that aired 13 years ago now. I wish oh. we could have waited two years for this because it would have been the 15th anniversary. It would have been perfect, but that's too long. And 13 I thought it was years ago. Now. What? 
13 years ago. It was 13 years ago, <laughs> Kyle. 13 years ago that this phenomenon happened to the anime fandom. And so... It was, for, a, it was like a... Probably like the first viral internet anime phenomenon that I had seen. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, and probably like many people had ever witnessed happen. Exactly. And so for those of you who aren't aware, there are newer anime fans or you're Harry. Fucking Zoomers. <laughs> uh, because Harry, you uh, have not seen this and you were not aware of this show up until I talked about it, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm not clued in on it. Right. So... Haruhi Suzumiya aired back in 2006. It is done by, it was uh, created by Kyoto Animation. So this is oddly topical as well as a tribute. And mm. it was wildly, wildly popular. It's about a Joe Schmo high schooler boy. He's kind of jaded about life. It's just like, uh, high school, I'll just float by and get by in life, whatever. And he encounters a girl who is very eccentric, to say the least. Her name is Haruhi Suzumiya. And the more he gets involved with her, the more weird things happen around him. And you eventually learn that Haruhi Suzumiya is literally, literally God with a capital G, except that she doesn't know it. And so every, everything that she subconsciously wants, anything that she kind of like thinks about would be cool, which happens a lot, tends to happen. I.e. the three other people gathered around her, they're either an esper a time traveler or an alien because she thought it would be cool to meet and be friends with all three of those. <laughs> these, all four of these characters are fully aware that Haruhi is God, but they also know that if she ever becomes aware that she herself is God, then the fabric of our reality will just like unravel as we know it essentially. And so it's this weird mix of slice of life rom-com because there's some like romantic tension between Haruhi and the main character Kyon, which by the way, Kyon is a, Nickname, we never learn the main character's real name. That's a nice little fun thing. Mm. And it's just a good time overall. And what's really exploded on the internet is the Hare Hare Yukai dance, which I'm sure, Harry, I am 110% positive. <laughs> you have seen this yeah. dance around somewhere. You just don't know the name of it and don't know the context of mm. it. After this podcast, I'll show it to you. And you'll be like, oh, yes, okay. that one. Uh, so it, it gained yeah. popularity, yeah. just to I'll, jump I'll in here for a sec. I'll on my phone now. <laughs> so it, it gained popularity when uh, there was, I think, like in 06 or 07, there was like a recording of a group of Filipino prisoners that did it. Oh my God, I wasn't aware of this. You weren't aware of that? No. Oh my God. That was like, that was how I found out about it. <laughs> What's it called? Hare Hare H-A-R-E Yukai dance. Hare Hare you. Yeah, it it has a very, okay. very distinct opening. Yeah. I it was an ending, yeah, and I definitely danced that out in high school as well. There are two videos on YouTube if you search <laughs> in the depths of YouTube for that has all of oh like ten views of me doing oh that dance god. with a couple of buds of mine. Oh my god! The, YouTube is filled with those kinds of videos because it was the craze, and mm -hmm. I can't remember. I'd have to fact check check myself on this, but Haruhi Suzumi is so big in Japan. Is either that or K-On. I'm inclined to think it was K-On. But one of the two even aired on Disney DX, the Disney what? channel, because it was so immensely popular in Japan. I feel like that would be K-On. Yeah, I think it was probably a little more kid-friendly. Yeah. yeah. But either way, like, Haruhi was close on its heel in popularity. It was insane. The point I've not, is... I've never seen the dance before, but what's your dance rendition, Matt? <laughs> uh, it was that, terribly, and without a shirt yeah. in one of the Haruhi videos. Haruhi Yukai dance. What should I put in, Matt? 
Like, what oh like, I need to find it. I, I'll I'll send it to you after this podcast. Oh, Sorry, listeners, this will not be in the description for you. Put it enjoy. in the podcast description, please. <laughs> all right, I will see. Um, but anyways, the reason I bring all this up is because it's been 13 years, like I said, and when Haruhi first aired, it was in a very unique manner that has not been replicated to this day, and that they aired the episodes out of chronological order. As in, not not just like disjointed uh, storytelling that you typically see in other anime will like flash forward or flash back. You'll start with a flashback and you like jump between points of the story. It was literally, they aired, they aired say, episode six as the first broadcast order episode on TV. And so you're literally jumping in to this series. I'm going to Google the broadcast order really quickly because I should have done that earlier. Uh, but you were literally watching the series out of order and you, it was up to you to piece together what order those episodes were supposed to be in. And that has not been replicated since. Okay, so, okay, here's the order. So it started off with episode two and that followed until you didn't get the first episode in the chronological order until episode 11 in broadcast order. So you literally had... None of the base context of the story. You had no idea that uh, Haruhi was God until the 11th episode of the story when everyone else was fully aware of it. And so it's this weird mix ma- mismatch of ideas that you had to put together yourself. And so I, when I first watched Haruhi, I watched it in chronological order because mm-hmm. that was the sane way of doing it. No, I didn't know about the broadcast order. <laughs> and then I went back and watched it in broadcast order some years ago. And I was surprised at... Granted, I'd seen the show beforehand, so I can't say truly from a blank slate, but I was surprised by how well it still held up despite all that. Really? Yeah. And mm. it, it definitely would have required a lot more cerebral attention to piece everything together. But why, that, why did they broadcast it like this? Exactly. So <laughs> we don't know why exactly. Part, part of the reason is because Haruhi is just this off-the-wall kind of series. I'm not sure if you've heard of the infamous Endless 8, Harry. Uh, no, no. So, in the, second season, in the second season of Haruhi, there were literally eight episodes that were the same episode with minute differences because the characters were trapped in a time loop and they didn't realize it. Like, you would have That's characters... <laughs> like, well, what was the crazy thing is that they weren't just, like, reusing frames. They were redrawn frames each time because the characters would be in different outfits. They would make different poses and things like that. But the events of the episode were the exact same every single time for eight episodes straight. <laughs> Did it get boring? Or it like... absolutely got boring. People yeah. rail on it. But it's because they really wanted to emphasize this time loop aspect and the fact that... Uh, that'd be going to spoilers. I'm not going to say that part, but there there was a reason why they really wanted to emphasize that time loop aspect. Was it worth dragging their viewers eight episodes through the same <laughs> thing over and over and over again? That's up to you. But it's it's silly shit like that. That the mm-hmm. Haruhi... So the out of broadcast order, the endless eight, the entire movie is just like off the wall nonsense that no other series has really replicated since then. And that's what I want to bring to the table for this topic is... It's been 13 years and no series has replicated that. You could make an argument for the Monogatari series in that it's aired its individual series out of order, out of chronological mm-hmm. order, and that you had Bakemono, which is the third book in the series, followed by Nisemono, which is the fourth, followed by Nekomono, which is the second. We eventually got the Kizumonogatari, which is the first, like a few years ago. So that was 
series out of order, but it wasn't episodes out of order. So we have we've yet to see this unique uh, disjointed storytelling tactic. And so I want to ask the panel why you think that hasn't been tried hasn't been replicated since then. Because it's what confusing. You th- <laughs> yes, but it's also it's hard to understand. It it's also it. extremely unique, and it was the reason this series gained so much traction. And mm. so you would think that other series would at least attempt. Like I guarantee you, there would be absolutely a big series that would screw it up. But it's, it's. I get. I guess it's really difficult none. because it's yeah. like it's that it's that line of like art and quality. How do you separate mm-hmm. the two? Mm-hmm. Like what's just like oh, an artistic statement, but is objectively terrible. Mm-hmm. And then what is like the safe way of doing it, but it's just better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like how you figure that out. It's like you could release a series where every five seconds someone goes <laughs> over the top of the audio and makes that noise. <laughs> but like, would it be better for it? No, um, probably not. <laughs> so like you have to figure out like what's good. And it could be that most people just think actually airing episodes like that isn't good. But like you're saying, it's promotion and it, it can work well if it's done properly. Right. I and, don't know. Yeah. And the thing is like the original light novels that this is based off as well, it's not like it had that storytelling style either. That was a purely conscious decision made on Kyoto Animation to air it in that out-of-order fashion. Uh, and so it's not just limited to original source material that would do it that way. Uh, I, I absolutely think that there it is possible to pull it off again in that sense. I feel like some series such as... Um, I think it could work with a series like Song Got to Know Lion, which is very driven by seeing a character recover from something, get grow as a human being, get little flashes of what they're like in the future, or like kind of have to piece together exactly the kinds of events that they went through to reach the position they are currently. Mm. And I I do think it's possible, but it would be very difficult. Are there any other series that... hmm? Well, it's like with with the kind of story that Harry tells, it's... It's more, it's pretty episodic. Right. Um, like, there isn't, I mean, there is, like, there are character arcs, like, they grow as the series goes on, but for, like, the bulk of season one, um, if you put those, like, out of order, really, you don't lose a huge amount of context. Uh, you can pretty quickly pick up on who people are, what their relationships are, and what they're, like, up to. Because... Um, Season one is very much driven around, okay, what does Hari want, Haruhi want to do today? And you can kind of just have each of them function in their own little bubble. Um, so I think it works because of the story that Haruhi is. Um, so like you said, maybe with, um, was it Sangatsu no Lion? Um, mm-hmm. March Comes in Like a Lion. Right. It might work. I've, I haven't seen all of it, uh, so if the story does lend itself to that in terms of having each episode kind of act on its own, it could work. It's just the, the important thing here is that you're not losing too much context. Haruhi could afford to lose that context. I guess like just thinking as well, a show that could potentially work. Who's seen the new season of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure? Not I. I'm not. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> Brilliant. Unfortunately, but, uh, because most most of the episodes they're like two parters that are based on like stand battles, and they're just like they're just two parters. They go in this block, and then the narrative kind of carries on. 
But you could maybe jumble up some of those battles and some of those two-part episodes to kind of mix it up. But at the same time, would the story be better for it? I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, I, so that, that, that's, I think, what you're running into is you could do it with some shows, but would it necessarily be better for it? Right. Um, and yeah, I, because I could outside I couldn't of like make a marketing. Yeah. If I had to say, I probably would have enjoyed Haruhi. I probably enjoyed Haruhi more in the chronological order than the broadcast mm-hmm. order, but I still yeah. enjoyed it in the broadcast order. And it definitely makes me, it makes the series more memorable. So I guess it is, first of all, you have to pull off exactly how you broadcast those orders and you have to do it well. And second mm-hmm. of all, you have to weigh that chances are it's going to be less enjoyable, but is is the impact you leave, the impression you leave on your viewers, the greater impression, does that outweigh that um, loss of enjoyment, kind of? I think what's important as well with stuff like that is, like, if you're keeping information away from the viewers, that's okay, but you need to let the viewers know, hey, we know you don't understand this. It's okay, it will be explained later. Yeah, so that's what I was... Because like what I was curious about it's, with, it really annoys me when it's just like I'm thinking have I missed something? Is there something that I've not picked up right. on for being slow and stupid? Sorry, Kyle, like, what are you gonna say? <laughs> well, so if they you know, as they were broadcasting this, like what was I I'm I really want to know what the conversation was around this show because I came into right. it from the perspective of somebody, you know, who had found it through fan subs. Same. And yeah. At that point, people are already like, okay, this is how it was broadcast, but this is how you should watch it. Um, right. So I kind of like lost out on that initial viewing experience. But for somebody who was in Japan at the time when it was airing, watching it out of order, like how do you even talk about that show? Exactly. I, I really wish I was around for that discussion or like aware of that discussion at the time because I don't, mm-hmm. when did I, what year did I, I, I know I got into it. Let's see here. I was in high school between... 2007 it was definitely around like 06 or so yeah i probably got into anime really around like 2009 2010 so it was a good three or four years after this aired and so that mm-hmm. that conversation had already long passed and sailed so i was in the same situation i but man i i still have yet to meet anyone that was actively part of that discussion i really wish i could pick their brains on it for sure well because like how popular was the light novel series the light novel um, series is not popular at all it was like just mm-hmm. a mundane thing. Like, it definitely gained popularity after the show, but it was the show that really made it skyrocket in popularity. It, off, right, it, was not, right. it was not a topic of a discuss- discussion at all. In fact, people were very surprised when it was getting animated, and then it just blew up. That seems to be a recurring theme with how KyoAni picks their material. Yeah, because the K-On manga is really boring as well. If really? you read it, yeah. But then oh my God. anime... <laughs> One of the most coined this cute girls doing cute things, Moe Blob genre, basically. Well, yeah, yeah, it's weird. I don't know if it could, I don't know if it could come back like that. Or if, like you said, like if anybody wants to take that risk, mm-hmm. because I would assume as it was happening, it was a huge risk because mm-hmm. you know, like Harry said, you stand to lose a lot of your viewership who are like very confused right. at it. And this yeah. was absolutely no, before Keone and Annie had established I, themselves too. I'd probably, yeah, yeah. I personally probably wouldn't stick around for a show like that. I think I'd start to think, like, what the fuck's going on? I'm not enjoying this. I'm <laughs> tapping out. Although I will say that when back when I used to watch TV more, um, back before streaming was really a thing, I distinctly remember watching a lot of anime 
out of order on Toonami. Right. So stuff like Rurouni Kenshin or Fooly Cooly would come up. I'd pick up an episode, forget about it, and then like the next month they were doing reruns and be like, oh, this is a different episode of that show I watched. Um, exactly. Really or unintentional you, you just miss a week part. and then that episode's gone. It's like, oh, bye. Exactly. I'll catch you later. Yep. Yep. So I think that just kind of unintentionally happens by nature of being broadcast on television. But whether or not somebody might want to do that deliberately is like, I guess, how would you even do that in a modern context? Because, you know, with streaming too, everything kind of just gets dumped at once. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to like deliberately like mess with the order in which it's like displayed, I guess. Right. Well, I mean, that's just a matter of telling the the streaming sites or giving the streaming sites that yeah. you want in that order but but it's like would that work exactly it's definitely a different environment than it was 13 years ago um i think i thought of another series it hasn't been animated yet there is a manga series called so i'm a spy i'm a spider so what oh my god name you know that could actually yeah 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 and so i'm thinking this one and i know an anime is confirmed for it but i think Mm. this one could actually work because for harry the context of this is it's an isekai of a girl that gets isekai to another world and is reincarnated as a spider. And it's her journey to basically improve herself and move up in the food chain and not die and get squashed. And partway through the series, you start getting these flash forwards of her as the demon queen, essentially. And so I think Mm. that kind of story where you have one episode that's with her in the future as the demon queen and another episode back in the spider... And you alternate between those in some pattern or non-pattern, I think that could potentially work, and that could be seen. That's out of a chronological order. Yep. Mm. So stories that well, have two with, distinct phases to them, right. like that, mm. could potentially work. Is well, there like the a trend with isekai series? Is there like a trend of of kind of gimmicky titles? So there's like that time I got reincarnated as a slime, so I'm a spider. So what? Like. I turned into a ladybug. Don't judge me. Like, I've like different titles that are all kind of like that. Or have you not noticed that? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's light novels in general. It's not just uh, Isekai for sure. It's a it's, like, it's uh, a running joke among people where it's like, wow, that sounds like a light novel title. Yep. There is like, do you love your mom? And her two hit multi-target attacks. There is uh, <laughs> if it's for my daughter, I would even defeat the demon lord. There is uh, there's another one airing this season. Uh, I think one of my favorite ones is uh, what was I used to be like I used to be a high level adventurer, but then I took an arrow to the knee and like now live in a village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that one too. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's all like the trend went that deep. (laughs) I noticed it once or twice. I didn't realize it was that popular. Yeah, it's uh, you can take up half a Twitter post with just those titles. But anyways, (laughs) yes. the spider one, I think that could land. Is is, is it going to do that? I don't think so. I think it will just hold on to the fla- the occasional flash forwards that you see in the manga. But yeah, but I, it also I, works I would... with that because it's more action driven. Um, so mm-hmm. you've got like little you know boss fights within each episode, so that mm-hmm. could work. It's just how do you do something like Haruhi, which was a character driven slice of life? Yeah, series. and also the challenge is the moment someone does attempt this. It's immediately going to be oh, yeah. uh, compared to Haruhi. Oh, yeah. And whether it's like a fair comparison or not, like if the genres are completely different, it doesn't matter. Like people are. Maybe going that's why nobody's it. attempted it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, it's just, that's Haruhi shtick. Right. But I feel like the first time, I, I, I do believe it will happen again sometime eventually. 
I don't think it, I don't think Haruhi's going to be hold, held to this holy grail of standard for eternity. I think someone is going to rise up to the challenge eventually. It might be Kyo Annie again, for all we know. <laughs> but I, I, when that happens, I am going to be so ready for it. I'm going to be so excited. Even if the show, I, I, I don't know, it's going to be a ride. I, I, I'm looking forward to that mm. moment. Well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Exciting times. Yeah. All right. It guys got any closing remarks on that? That's about it. No, I'm hungry. I want to go and get some food. So All right, well, <laughs> you can get some KFC and say hi to Colonel Sanders for Fantastic. us. Fantastic, yes. All right. as, as a vegan, that would be perfect for me. <laughs> <laughs> they have mashed potatoes and biscuits and Oh, you're, sp- you're spoiling me. I'm spoiled <laughs> for choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so we'll wrap it up here then. Uh, this is a great time to talk about Goombastomp.com because... I realized that we've been recording this podcast for a little over a year now. We've mentioned Goombastop a bit and how we are its official anime podcast, but we've never explicitly said exactly what Goombastomp.com is and why you, our beloved listener, should go check it out. So Goombastomp is a pop culture site. It started off as a Nintendo-centric game website, but has now since evolved into all things gaming. So Sony, Nintendo, uh, Microsoft, Indies, uh, TV shows, movies, and of course, our beloved anime section. And so... If you love any of those things, we highly advise you to go check it out. We pride ourselves on writing content that we believe we have uh, interest in. We don't want to publish clickbaity news headlines or anything like that. We write ex- only what we want to write. And I think yeah. that shows up in our writing as well. You can check out all of Kyle's coverage of packs and all the really cool creators he's met. You can t- uh, check out my new retrospective on Bakemono Katari. You can check out any of our hundreds and hundreds of game reviews. Harry posted at a was making amazing, amazing uh, My Hero Academia posts every single week back in the day. Oh, so, yeah, in season three. Yeah, and that's coming I'm, up I'm, as well. Uh, I may do something similar. I don't know. I've not decided, but I may, like, uh, do maybe every few weeks, every few, three or four weeks, mm-hmm. I'll do, like, a write-up of what's going on. Oh, God, season four is coming up. Nice little tease, yeah. So lots, lot. there's a treasure trove of things to check out there. So if you enjoy mm-hmm. our podcast, then absolutely go check out Goombastomp.com and see what we have to offer there. Uh, yeah. Speaking of our podcast as well, we are now on more platforms. So we are on our own website, Goombasomp. We are on Podbean. We are on iTunes. And as of a couple of days ago, we are now on uh, the Android Play Store as well. Android Play Store as well. The so Android we, Play Store. Yeah, Andrew's Play Store. Andrew's Play Store. Yes. It, it's his basement in, the gra- uh, in his garage. Uh, you have to go down. It's a password. But yeah, so we are expanding our reach. uh, More places that you can listen to us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Next step is to get on Stitcher. So if you have someone that is specifically like, I will not listen to podcasts unless it's on this platform, like some of my friends have been pestering me about, then rest assured, we are working on it. So those friends just got free shout-outs in their beloved podcast. Mm -hmm. Right. That's you, Dan. Be grateful. Um, fuck you Dan <laughs> you fucking prick <laughs> he's probably lovely I'm sorry <laughs> it's fine he deserves it he's he's a uh, yuru trash as we call him <laughs> anyways that wraps it up for our episode Harry underscore Morris underscore where can we find you at Harry underscore Morris underscore on Twitter that's me um you stay healthy kids yeah. <laughs> you can stay eat healthy. KFC. By eat, yeah, exactly. <laughs> eat some KFC. No, no. No, eat, eat, eat more plants. Stop killing animals and eat plants. I'm sure stay KFC healthy. has some salads. 
Probably. Why would they? Terrible. I think recently they have actually added a vegan option to the menu from what I've heard. Like vegan so, chicken? Like, uh, like I'm, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I have heard they've done one. I know Burger like, King has an impossible patty now. And it's apparently I'll, pretty good. A lot of places have started to add vegan things. So mm-hmm. yay, the movement is growing. Exciting right. times. Kyle, what is your vegan handle on Twitter? <laughs> it's like the rogue. Is that I'm, vegan? I'm not that a vegan, vegan. unfortunately. Um, no, rogues are very omnivorous, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Harry. I like I like meat too much, but I definitely respect where it comes from. Mm-hmm. And um, you can, but yeah, oh, that, that's yeah. where I'm at. Yeah. And you can find me at Musing Mojack, M-U-S-I-N-G-M-O-J-A-C-K on Twitter. You can also find all three of us on uh, Goomba Stomp, posting really cool stuff on a regular basis. Uh, my usual anime recommendation will be Chihaya Furu, which is an anime all about the Japanese card game called Karuta. It's by Madhouse. It's getting a third season next season. I'm very excited about it. It's oh. a very, it's oddly inspirational to watch, and I'm very excited to see the third season. So there you go. All right, that's a wrap. Then, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Ciao. I need-